0: Are you looking for truth from God's word that you can understand and apply to your life? You'll find it today on Make It Clear with Dr. Stan Pons. Listen now as Stan makes it clear.
1: And sometimes when the shepherd leads us out, there's going to be challenges. And when those challenges come our way, it's that time that during those challenges we need to cock our ear even more to the shepherd because if he led us there and there's going to be challenges, he also will lead us through, around, and out of whatever challenge there would be. So I could look each and every one of you in the face when the church had the floods, when Carol had cancer, when we had issues with the city here, with the signs up, all the things we've ever gone through, we have never once questioned the call of the shepherd to be here in this church. That's the call of the shepherd in your life, where you need to be and be able to hear his voice loudly. So that's what we really need to know. But there's more in this passage, so let's go back to it, shall we? So it says here, he will lead them out leads them out of the pen. And when he puts forth all his own, that means the shepherd puts forth into the uh, grazing area, out into the pasture all his own, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. So you might want to start drawing lines every time you see the word voice there to the Lord. And it says, And a stranger they simply will not follow, but will flee from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech, Jesus spoke to them, But they didn't understand what those things were, which he had been saying to them. I need to pause and talk about that a little bit more. When I talked about they knew that voice and it wasn't the voice of their shepherd and they fled from that shepherd, it's because they knew the voice of that shepherd. Now, I want to say this in all the love that I can share with you, I possibly can. There are a lot of religious voices that are out there. There are a lot of of people that will share with you ideas about God and the Christian life and they don't have to have a pulpit, they don't even have to have a Bible in their hand. But they will be telling you how to live your Christian life. They'll be the ones that will tell you this is the right way and they can pile on a whole lot of laws and legalism on you. They're the ones that could put you into a tiny box They're the ones that after a while you try to do this and you can't and you feel so guilty and you're always worried about what's going to happen next. It can happen to anyone. Those of us who are in the ministry, we have bookshelves loaded with commentaries. We have access to some of the greatest software programs with the richest of material. And yet we have all of that. We don't throw it away. but We have to realize that there are a lot of voices coming through all of this. And we need to sift through that to make sure that it's the voice of the Lord and when it's not we need to flee it not play with it not fondle it not kind of put it second we need to get rid of it and the best way we do that is by opening up God's word and knowing the shepherd we will call this the written shepherd so that we could know the living shepherd because there will be a lot of folks that will try to steal your heart and sounds good But after a while, you will feel so famished in your true intimacy with the Lord. So, let's go back to the passage again. So, verse 7 says, because he used this figure of speech and they still didn't get it. So, Jesus said to them again, you guys still aren't getting this. I'm speaking to you kind of in a figure of speech, but you're not able to sift through it. So, truly, truly, I say to you, and now he really spells it out. Everything I said was about sheep and shepherds and doors and doorkeepers and all that kind of stuff. Now he's making it real clear that he is all these things that we're going to talk about. So it begins by saying, I am the door of the sheep. So if you want to mark that, this is a very profound statement when he says, I am the door. Now you'll find there are seven statements of the Lord. Not the seven statements when he goes to the cross. There's seven statements of the Lord. It's I am with seven Predicate nominatives that will explain who He is. We've studied the first one. I am the bread of life. The second one was, I am the light of the world. The third one is, I am the door. The fourth one will be, I am the good shepherd. The fifth one will be, I am the resurrection and the life. The sixth one will be, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the seventh one will be, I am the true vine. Now, we'll get to all of those, because those seven are all found in the same gospel that we've been studying here. But right now, we need to see that he is the door. Now, as the door, as I alluded to a moment ago, when the pens were then built, there wasn't really a gate, gate, gate. The shepherd himself would lay down in front of that door, as I am told, so that none of the sheep could really get out without stepping on him when they do that. How many of you have cats Or dogs that sometimes get up into your bed and they step on you at night. You know exactly what I'm saying. Well, so the shepherd is there so none of them could get out. But also so that nothing could get in through that door. But he becomes very quick if he has to jump up and take action. So Jesus is the door. But it didn't say it just once. It actually says it twice in this passage. If you look a little bit further here, verse 9, it says, I am the door. And then... um, Verse 7 says, I am the door. Verse 9, he says, I am the door again. Then he says in verse 8, all who came before me, referring to all those bad shepherds, all those bad prophets, all those that were mishandling the word from God before me, they are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Then he says, I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved And I will go in and out and find pastures. So if you would like to mark down just from that one little verse there. If I follow Christ, if I enter into that relationship with Christ, in this one verse alone, what would be three of the greatest benefits I can have? Number one, I already gave it to you. You'll have salvation. He says, if you do this, if you go in through the door, you enter through me, you will be saved. Go back to the passage and mark it. He says, and and you will go in and out. And I put the word security there. What that means is that when the sheep go into the pen, they are protected by the shepherd. When they go out of the pen and into the folds of the pasture land, they can even go out. Because the shepherd would not allow them to go out, the good shepherd, unless it was safe out there. So no matter where they went, the shepherd's job was to provide security or safety for them. So I want you to know that whether you go off to war, the Lord will be there to give you safety. I don't know what that means. You may lose a leg, lose an eye, lose an, uh, an arm. But I want you to know that you will be all that God wants you to be to the very, very fullest that God will be there for you, wherever you might go. So if you go out, you go in. And to me, I think it's a lot more than whether God provides you with three hot meals and a place to sleep or whether you die healthy as an, as an older person. I don't think it means all of that. I think the greatest what it means is this. Yes, sheep will go in and go out, but the greatest protection is going to be that nothing will separate you from the love of God and that you will have intimacy with the Lord no matter what your life will go through. That even though he slays you, yet will you trust in him. Naked you came out of your mother's womb. Naked will you turn, return thither. But blessed be the name of the Lord because he is taking care of you. Because what you really need to have taken care of is not your finances, fitness, friends, foes, or family. What needs is that spiritual intimacy with the Lord that nothing can hinder that. And, and it's until you have the economy in your mind that that intimacy with God is the most important than anything else. You're going to miss the very best. And you'll be chewing on plastic grass until the day you die. So he provides salvation, he provides security, but then he also says this, you will come in and go out and you will find pasture. I like that. So that really means that you're going to have what we call satisfaction. When you find the pasture, the good shepherd, he will save you, he will protect you, but he will also make sure that you are properly fed. Now let me speak to those of you that will be moving to another location, perhaps to another church or an area where you have to find a church. Wherever you will be, God will have people who have not bowed their knee to Baal. I also promise you that no matter where you go in this world, you will never find another church like International. You will never find another pastor like me. In this way, because God only makes one group. But there are people out there that know the word. There are shepherds that will love you. There are people that will take care of you because God says if you go into Him, He will be saved. You will come in and go out. He's going to protect your spiritual walk with God if you want Him to. If you follow the shepherd, you don't wander off. And he also says this, I will lead you and I will feed you. You will, wherever you go, find whatever is necessary to spiritually feed you of all that God would want you to have. If you know the shepherd. So what's the key? The key is you have to enter. And who you enter is into Christ. You enter into a relationship with him. It's by faith alone, in Christ alone, for you to have that eternal life. So he calls us and he leads us. But that's not all. He does one more thing that makes him the good shepherd and that is he lays his life down for us. Let's go back to the passage. Verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. That would be like those false teachers that are out there. And he says, But I came that they may have life and they could have it abundantly. That's a very popular verse. It wouldn't surprise me if you had that verse marked in your Bible already, perhaps even memorized that you may have life. I like that, and that would be eternal life. You come to me and you'll have life and have it, life, more abundantly. How can you have eternal life more abundantly? Perhaps eternal life is eternal, so, I mean, it's, just, it's all there. But to have it more abundantly would be those of you who know Christ, you perhaps remember a time when you knew Christ, you were saved so as by fire, you were saved like the uh, hair on your chinny-chin-chin just a little bit, But then when you really surrendered to the Lordship of Christ, you really surrendered to His Word, and you wanted whatever He wanted for your life, you were willing to be, do, become, go, have, whatever. When you finally richly abided in Him, then you had eternal life, but then you had the abundant life. And it all still came, not from you. You made the choice to trust Him. You made the choice to live for Him. But it all came from Him because He's the one who provides life, and He also provides the abundance of that eternal life. And that's the beauty of this. Now, where does it happen? The very next verse says. 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, for a moment, I want to get a little technical here. This phrase, he lays down his life, all right? He gave up the ghost. He died. He died. That little concept is only found in the Gospel of John. Now that doesn't mean the idea of Jesus dying and rising again isn't found other places. Acts has the whole resurrection thing all over the place. I, you know that, I know that. But that little phrase that he lays down his life for the sheep. Now when I read that, I thought, that's the key. And here's why it's the key. You can be a good shepherd if you see the uh, the wolves coming in and, and you take your rod and that pointed rod and you poke that little Wow coyote away or whatever. And you could be a good shepherd because you have the staff with that little hook and you see them kind of falling into a little bit of a hole. They can't get out very well. So you kind of lift them up and you kind of hold them up like the Holy Spirit would. So you got one to fight off, one to give them a little bit of comfort. You got your little sling out there, not to shoot it at the the sheep, but the sheep are going so far away and you want to scare them back. So you kind of shoot the little stone or rock in front of them to bring them back. That's a good shepherd. That's a shepherd that's worth his weight. I mean, he's there carrying, protecting, providing, feeding, leading, watching out, carrying all of that. But then when the real enemy comes, and there's so many coming after the sheep, it's at that time that that shepherd basically could cut and run. And that would be your hired one that we talked about here in a moment. And so the ultimate shepherd is not just the one who leads and feeds, it's the one who does not abandon the sheep, even if it costs him his life. We've been studying at the men's study at Lifeguards about Paul teaching Timothy. And Timothy was a pastor of Ephesus. And it's said that Timothy died a horrible death as he came outside of the fellowship, as it was a mob out there. And he's trying to protect his own flock. And his own people were out there looking to see what was going on. And the flock, the enemy that was out there, the, the heathen, came after Timothy and finally slain Timothy. And he tried to protect him. That's someone who gave his life. I those of you that are in the military, you know enough testimonies of guys that jumped on a grenade, ran in front of a bullet. You mothers, you know what it's like when you see your kids. You dads know what it's like. That's what this good shepherd did. It wasn't just that he was good to feed and lead. It was one that he even gave his own life to do all that he could for them. And that beauty of it is that he rose again from the dead. Now what would that be? Call, clear voice. Lead, clear direction. Giving the life, clear love. Nothing can describe love more than someone who's alive who's willing to die for someone else especially for someone else who's unworthy like you and me. That's love. So that's what we needed to know to, to start our introductory material on this great passage. But now the question is what do I need to ask myself? Would you look at your little notes here? What do I ask myself? And this is a personal inventory. This is what you have to ask yourself. Will I as a sheep fall prey to thieves now thieves are those who use people now you say "Well, what, what, how does a thief use another person very simple it goes like this you work hard you spend your money you buy something you did everything you can to purchase it protect it and then a thief comes in with very little effort comes into your establishment your home or job or car or whatever and they take what you work so hard for they used you to get what they wanted so easily Maybe they didn't have to work hard for it. Someone gave you some nice stuff, and the thieves still use, maybe not you, but they used what other people had that they gave to you because they loved you. Thieves will use you. And there are Bible teachers, there are Bible preachers, there are people that, that will use you because they're trying to build their own empire, they're trying to build a following, they're trying to get people to go their way for them, for whatever need they might have, and they're thieves. What they're really doing, watch this, in the name of Christ, because a lot of them were doing in the name of God, like Pharisees, they will try to build a following of themselves. And when you don't follow them, they get torqued. They abandon you. They marginalize you. In this case, they kill Christ. In a sense. I know he gave his life. So look out for thieves. Am I, and will I fall prey to thieves? The best way to do that is know the shepherd, myself. Secondly, secondly, Will I trust the hired hand? Hired hands were people who just didn't care. They were just there for the job. They were just there to get, they wanted the perks without the work. And so be careful of those kind of people in your life. They have all the vestiges that you think they're going to be there when you really need them, but when you really need them, they're not there because they don't care. They're the kind of people that while they're shaking your hand and saying hello, they're looking over your shoulder for someone else. And number three, will I follow the shepherd? This is someone who he gives his life. What he's doing for you, you know it cost him something valuable. His time, his talent, his treasure, his temple, whatever it might be, he gave something of himself for you. Or herself. Because women are great at serving others and doing many things. In fact, some of the greatest sacrifices of all time will be women. So again, will I follow the shepherd? And the shepherd is the one who gives his life and We could talk a little bit about people, but remember, you can put your trust in another human being if that person has their trust evidently in the Lord, and so you're really following the Lord that they're trusting, so together you're following the Lord, even though they might walk the path ahead of you. So that's what I wanted you to ask yourself. I have to ask myself... Do I have people in my life that just want to use me? Do I have people in my life that just don't care? Or do I have people in my life, the closest ones are the greatest influencers, the one that will take care of me, protect for me, they're invaluable. They have proven themselves by what they're sacrificing to help me. So now what we need to do? Well, in this passage, I think we need to listen to the shepherd. I've already spoken to this, so I don't have to say a lot. You need to listen to the shepherd and if you want to know his voice, you've got to get into the word. Get yourself a good study Bible. I encourage you to read it every day and read it not for information. Don't, you, don't read it for inspiration, but read it for transformation. Number two, you want to follow the shepherd. If you're listening to him and now you're coming across a passage of scripture and you know that there's conviction, there's need, you've humbled yourself, you're reading this saying, Lord, you changed my life. Whatever paradigm I've been following for all my life, whatever I thought was right, I'm willing to, change." every time I read, Lord, remind me or teach me or redirect me, whatever I need to do, You listen, but after you listen then you've got to follow it. And look at me. You've got to follow it no matter the cost. No matter the cost. And do it faithfully. And then finally you need to trust the shepherd. And I think the best way to trust the shepherd is you can trust anybody who's already proven themselves to be authentic by what sacrifices they've made to add value to your life. And in this case you trust the good shepherd, the great shepherd, which would be Jesus Christ. Now Two areas. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, listen to Him right now. Some of you have heard the message of salvation over and over and over again. And if you remember, the passage said He knew them by name. They knew them. By, the Lord knows you. You were in His mind before you were ever in your mother's womb. That's why we believe in pro-life. You are divinely designed, and now may be the time that you are officially called in His forever family. He's calling you right now. You're listening to Him. Are you listening? And then, secondly. Will you now, if you hear his voice, will you respond and say, Yes, Lord, I am a sinner. I need a Savior. I am now going to follow what you say. You say, I need to trust in you, which now brings me to the final one. I am transferring all my trust that I had in other things, and I'm placing it only in you. The shepherd is calling you. Don't wait another day. If you trusted Christ as Savior... I don't know what you're facing right now. maybe all your ducks in a row. Maybe everything is worked out, all your plans are done. This is just another one of those messages on Sunday if you an obligatory Sunday morning deal. I will tell you this, that I, I think you're definitely smart enough to know that while everything is decided right now, and you can't change things, everything's in motion, you will have another event that'll occur that will cause you to have to know what is God's mind on this. So get in the habit now of listening to the shepherd, following the shepherd and then trusting him, whatever it might be. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes and take a moment now to really reflect on these truths. Oh, I'll tell you, the grass that Jesus will lead you to, the life will be rich, fulfilling, and meet every one of your needs. But stay within the voice of the shepherd, the good shepherd, the biblical shepherd. Have you been putting off his voice long enough where that you know that you're a sinner and you need a savior? You know that there's that conviction, that calling, that prompting, whatever you want to call it. But in the word, you you know that it's truth and he's speaking to you. And you're ready now to place your faith in Christ. Would you follow him in belief? And say, all right, Lord, I'm looking to you and you alone. You're my shepherd. I hear your voice. You're calling me to come out. And I'm coming out of my old belief system. And I'm gonna follow you into this new belief system of faith alone and Christ alone. I'm willing to do that. And yes, Lord, I'm trusting in you. I know it's going to be a bumpy ride, but it won't be because of you. It'll be because of me as I'm learning how to trust you. I'm a, I'm a new sheep, so to speak, but I want you to help me. I'm going to really listen to your voice. I'm going to listen to your word. Would you like me to pray for you? I, I'd like to pray for you if you're one that's doing that today. So in a moment, I'm going to ask you to slip up your hand if you're placing your faith alone in Christ. am not going to have you stand up or walk an aisle or... Do anything like that to embarrass you. But I just want to know if you're trusting Christ. So when I pray for you, I'm going to just take you to the throne of grace in a prayer. You'll already have eternal life because you did that in your heart. You believed in him and that was all. Not by works. But I'd like to pray for you. So is there anyone in here today that said, I didn't hear his audible voice, but I know he's speaking to me. I know that this message had my name on it. I am now awake and I'm smelling his coffee, so to speak. Pastor, pray for me, because today is the day I trusted Christ as my savior. Would you? Without saying a word, no one looking around, quick as you can, put up your hand, put it down If today is the day you're trusting Christ. Is there anyone at all? Okay. Christians for you. I just urge you to get to know the Good Shepherd. Go over this passage again and read it and memorize it and see how rich it is. Next week we're gonna learn again not only why he's the good shepherd, but I want to show you why he can be trusted, because some of you you have a trust issue. And I understand that, and that's not a condemnatory critical comment. It's a comment made after much pain you've been through. But I want you to know you can trust this shepherd he's not only worthy to be trusted but the benefits are eternal and huge and some of you know people right now who would need to hear a message like this so go out there and invite them in to hear about the good shepherd our gracious heavenly father I thank you for your love and I thank you how that you laid your life down for the sheep and how unworthy we are and father we done so many things that I'm sure disappoint you yea even grieved you and yet your mercy and grace was right there when we turned to you I thank you that father that we are in your forever family and that father we'll never be lost we may wander but father we can have safety come and go knowing that you'll never leave us nor forsake us thank you father that you've left us your written word, so that we don't have to hear your voice through someone else's voice necessarily, we can hear your voice through your word and help us to grow in its accuracy, proper interpretation, and careful, clear application through your spirit. Father, we love you. And We thank you, Father, for guiding us even this week. For it is in your name we pray. Amen.